Luke chapter 15 for just a few moments. Luke chapter 15. I'll begin reading with verse 8. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors to come and rejoice with me, for I have found a coin or a piece of silver that was lost. And then he goes on to say the angels rejoice over every lost soul that is found. I want to talk to you for a few moments about the lost coin. This chapter in Luke chapter 15 is the lost and found column in the Bible. It has three lost objects. It has a lost sheep. It has a lost son. It has the lost silver or the coin. The, the sheep is lost unintentionally. It didn't intend to be lost. It loved the shepherd. It loved the pasture. It loved the fold of sheep that it had fellowship with. But somehow, little by little, it began to drift off further and further and further away. Until one day it looked up and it had drifted so far that it could not find its way back. It was lost unintentionally. And then we know that the coin was lost by the fault of another. It couldn't lose itself. So the woman lost it. And that's a way that a person can be lost by the fault of another. If it goes all the way back to Adam, we're all lost by the fault of another. But sometimes you weren't raised in a family that honored God. Sometimes you were raised in an environment, an atmosphere that never introduced you to, or maybe a different religion, a false religion, and you, you just, you, you are lost by the fault of another. And then the third one, the son was lost willfully. He took himself out of the father's house, the prodigal son. He made up his mind to leave the father's house and live a wretched life. And what is amazing in all three of these stories is it shows you the wages of sin because in all three stories, for example, the sheep ended up in the wilderness and the silver ended up in the darkness and the sun ended up in the pig pen. And then we see a beautiful picture of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in every one of these stories because we see a picture of Jesus as the good shepherd who goes and finds that lost sheep and puts it on his shoulders and takes it back rejoicing. That's Jesus. And then we see a picture of the Holy Spirit with the woman with a lighting her candle and sweeping out the dirt, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to bring revival. He brings fire and he brings cleansing on the inside. It feels so good when you get saved and the Holy Spirit does his part because he sweeps all the dirt out and he lights the, turns the light on and you feel so clean inside. It's hard to describe it. The guilt, you don't realize the guilt and the shame that you're carrying. And then we see the father in the prodigal son story. You remember 
the prodigal son. It's, it's, it's the father who runs to the son. So we see the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. We see, for example, that the father thought it concerning our salvation. The son brought it. The Holy Spirit wrought it. And thank God I got it. And that's what we celebrate this morning. Rejoice. The angels rejoice when a child of God comes home. Shouting takes place in heaven when one lost sheep, coin, or son, or daughter is found. I heard a story about a man who said that he was raised in tremendous poverty all of his life. And this won't take me long to preach this message this morning. And he told the story of how poor he was raised and then God blessed him and God raised him and he had a house and a nice car and all the things that God had blessed him with. And he, he, he was so moved by the goodness of God that he made a covenant with God. He made a personal conviction commitment to God that, that if he ever saw a penny laying anywhere on the sidewalk, in the grass, in the mud, and anywhere he saw a penny, he would never walk past that penny without picking it up in appreciation to God and saying, I appreciate everything you've given me, everything you've done for me. It was like a personal conviction. It was a real uh, vow that he made to God. And so he said every time from that point forward that he saw a penny, um, you know, sometimes we'd pick them up. Let's be honest. And sometimes we don't care, right? Sometimes you just pull off from the coffee window and you say, just keep the change because it's just, you know, it's just pennies and who, who cares? But to this man, it was a conviction. And if he'd see a penny in the grass, if he'd, he, he talked about, he had even had seen them in the nasty street where the water goes down the gutter and all of that. And it had slime on it. And he would Pick it up out of a commitment to God and wrap it up in his hanky sometimes and put it. And he said that he had done this all, you know, for many, many, many months. And he went to church one Sunday and went into the bathroom. And when he looked down into the toilet, he saw a penny. And he said, as sure as I was standing there, I felt the Holy Spirit say, are you going to keep your word? Do you really appreciate? And he said, I did it. He reached down into the toilet and picked that penny up, and I'm sure he washed it off and probably came out and shook a bunch of people's hands afterwards. <laughs> That's why we're not doing that. Amen. So, but, but it, it was, it, you know, the, a penny means nothing unless somebody values it. It really doesn't. When you think about a penny, it's, it's, kinda, it's kind of amazing. You can't buy anything with a penny. They're not worth much. Uh, you, you, you can't even get a piece of bubble gum for a penny. And in 1995, the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was running a run of making new pennies. And uh, a lot of people would say, well, why, why would you even want to have pennies? And they've debated whether or not the government should stop. Here's why. Did you know that a penny is actually cost the government half a penny to make. It actually, the penny is worth 1.55%, meaning that it, not, it's not worth that. It costs that much to make it. It, it costs 
a penny and a half to make a penny. I'm not making this up. It really does that the government loses a half a penny every time it makes a penny. And so some would say, well, why would we even have a penny? Why don't we just do away with them? Well, then you have to move up to the next coin, which is a nickel. And if you've ever understood a penny tax or two penny tax, it's tremendous. It involves every dollar that you make. And so let's leave the pennies alone. And everybody said, amen. But it is something, isn't it, that, that a penny can be worthless unless somebody sees value in it. In 1995, that U.S. Mint that I was talking about created thousands of pennies, and before they realized it, they caught a problem. The words on the penny were blurred. The words, in God we trust, were flawed. And so they uh, stopped it and corrected the problem, but somehow those pennies went out. And coin collectors found out about it and they became very valuable and they increased in value two and a half million percent. And even though you wouldn't know it because the words in God we trust are blurred, those pennies are actually more valuable by far than a penny. They're worth $255 today if you can find one of those pennies. It's really something that, that you, could, you could have that kind of value and not know it. It could be in between the cushion of your couch. It could be laying in some slime somewhere in some gully that when you bought the coffee, the penny dropped out of your hand and rolled and went down some gutter. and It's been sitting there for a long time in muck and mire, but, but somebody, somebody... Somebody who sees and somebody who knows. And even though we would call it, we would call those pennies that were flawed in 1995, we would call them bad pennies. We would call them flawed pennies. We would call them pennies that have lost their trust in God. It's blurred. They don't believe like they used to believe. They don't trust like they used to trust and everything. And maybe it's in muck and in mire. But the truth is, even though it's worth $255, it's useless if somebody doesn't find it who sees the worth in it. It's worth something when somebody finds it and realizes that what they have is valuable. And what I'm saying to you is when I read this story in the book of Luke and it talks about the woman who has lost a coin and she understood that it was valuable enough to take a light, a candle, and light it and take a broom and sweep searching for that coin. When I think about how that a coin has a lifespan, if somebody doesn't find it, if somebody doesn't see value in it, it's a matter of time as it's passed from hand to hand, from pocket to pocket, from store to store, from location to location, at some point it begins to fade. At some point it begins to be just a worthless penny. And that's kind of how our life is without Jesus finding us and seeing the value in us. You may be a good person. You may be a nice person. 
But the truth is, in the big scope of life, you don't have a lot of worth and a lot of value unless Jesus finds you and he brings out of you all of the potential that nobody else can see, that nobody else has any idea the value and the worth. The fact that you could have one of those pennies in your pocket right now and it could be worth $255, but it's not worth anything if somebody doesn't recognize it. And that's the power of Jesus. The whole gospel can be summed up in in the fact that, that God is someone who sees worth in people that nobody else sees. That God is a God who sees, even listen carefully, when our trust in God is blurred, when our faith is being tried so severely that we even question, is God real? Is God out there? And maybe our talents and our gifts are covered up in filth and muck and mire like a penny in a gutter. And everybody else says it's worthless, but there is one who lights the candle and he comes with the broom and he starts sweeping, searching, saying, they don't see what I see. They don't know what I know about you. They don't know what the value and the worth that I see is in you. Oh, but I've messed up. Oh, but I've failed. Oh, but I've, I thought I would be a better daddy. I thought I would be a better husband. I thought I would be a better wife. I thought I would be a better daughter. I thought I never dreamed I would be this kind of son. And we, we sometimes don't see any value in us, but I know there's one who sees value in every one of us. It's mind-boggling how he can take a life and he can pick it up out of the muck and the mire and wash it and clean it. Put it in his pocket, and if you stay in that pocket of God long enough, he's going to reach in, and he's going to say, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use everything you've been through. I'm going to use every time you cried yourself to sleep. I'm going to use your shame. I'm going to use your pain. I'm going to use your trials. I'm going to use your attacks. I'm going to use everything you've been through. I've been waiting for this moment. I see 2.5% million more worth in you than anybody who's ever looked at you. And I'm telling you, if you'll say, Lord, use me. <laughs> if you'll say, Lord, spend me. Lord, get some glory out of my life. Let me live for more than myself. The whole Bible is a book about God finding worthless, flawed, messed up, blurred, trust in God people. Not perfect people, not strong people all the time, not people who are on top of the world all the time, not people winning all the time, but it's about flawed pennies. I thought about Moses. He thought that he was going to really be something. And he said, my mission is to deliver God's people. And when he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite, he slew the Egyptian and got in trouble. Somebody told on him. And watch this, the penny gets washed out and it goes out into the desert for 40 years. It's covered up in sand. Nobody is, 
thinks he's worth anything. It's just flawed. I'm sure that his trust in God got blurred. He was disillusioned. I thought God was going to use me. I thought God was going to open doors. I thought God was going to really bless me. I thought God was going to raise me up and I was going to do mighty things. But you know what? I'm in the desert. I'm covered up. I'm, a, I'm as worthless as a lost coin. But there came a time when God said, I'm going to light the candle. And the candle was the burning bush. And he set a bush on fire that talked to him. And then he said, I'm bringing my broom and I'm sweeping and I don't care how much sand and dirt has got on you. I'm bringing my broom to clean you up on the inside and put fire in you. Now go do what I've called you to do. And God took that worthless shepherd and made him into a deliverer that brought two and a half million. Sounds like $255 was in that one worthless penny that only God could see and value and use. And that's the story that goes over and over. He finds worthless, flawed people who's, who've gone through such severe trauma and failure and mess up that their lines, the, the, the trust has been blurred and they can't fix themselves. They're addicted. They're messed up. And everybody says it's worthless. But God says, where is my broom? Where is my candle? I know some things about her. I know some things about him that they don't even know about themselves. <laughs> I thought about Amos. You know, the book of Amos in the Old Testament is really a great book. It's got some classic, classic uh, verses in it that are powerful stories. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible is in Amos. But you know what he said he did? He said, I was a picker of sycamore trees. He was a fruit picker. That's no big deal. He was a fruit picker. He was a migrant worker. Anybody would have walked by and, and said, well, you know, they're a hard worker, but they probably aren't going to ever mount to much. That's how people think. But God looks and he lit up a candle and took a broom and grabbed that man named Amos and said, I'm going to use you as a prophet even though you started out picking fruit from a tree. I've got such value that I see that nobody else sees in you that I'm going to raise you up and you're going to write a book and they're going to preach out of it for all eternity. He found Andrew and James and John and they smelled like fish in B.O. They were fishermen, and God said, I'm going to make you apostles in my church. Their names go down in history. They were flawed. They were blurred. They were, they were in a place that they could not get to him, but he came to them. I thought about, I thought about Tim Price over in coming, Pastor Tim Price. And they're there now. Of course, all of our campuses are there. And I thought about the first time he came to Free Chapel. He had joined out of being forced by the courts to get in no longer bound an addiction ministry that would bring the boys in here. He didn't want to go. He had a choice. I can go to jail or I can go to rehab. And he walked in here and Tim Price was a drug addict, an alcoholic, 
His parents couldn't fix him. Came from a good home. His family couldn't fix him. He was messed up. And Jesus saved him. And Jesus filled him. And Jesus took the broom and cleaned him up inside and got his thinking right, got his heart right, got a will to say no to the wrong and yes to the right. And now he's a pastor, a pastor of Free Chapel coming and God is using him in a mighty way. God sees the value of flawed, blurred faith. People who've fallen down in the gutter and he says, I still believe in you. And I'm going to sweep until I clean you up and raise you up and get glory out of you. I thought about down in Spartanburg, Free Chapel Spartanburg. There's a young pastor down there by the name of Javon Ruff. And when God found him, he was rough. He's got a big old arm that's about three times the size of mine. And when he was out in sin, he didn't get a tattoo. He got a brand of his last name, which is Rough. And one Sunday morning, he, uh, he told me the other day, he said, Pastor, I had to park in the bottom lower level of the parking lot and walk up the hill at the old campus down the road. Y'all remember when you used to have to park? Don't ever complain about these nice sidewalks and that long walk. Do you remember when you used to have to park in the bottomless pit? Anybody remember that? He said, I was mad. I didn't want to come to church. I was high. I'd partied. He said, I walked into that balcony. A lost, flawed man. He said, the music started and it messed me up. And he said, I couldn't stand it anymore. And by the time you got to the end of the message, I couldn't take it. And I got up and walked down the wing of that balcony and found myself an altar. And Jesus gloriously saved me. God took that man and made him into one of the greatest preachers that you'll ever hear. That's what God can do with anyone who will say, come with light. Come with the broom. I want to be clean again. I want to feel love again. I want to feel God's worth again. You say, Pastor, could he do that for me? I've got good news for you. God is lighting a candle. God is bringing his broom this morning, and he's looking for you. He's searching for you. And if you've fallen back during COVID, Let's be honest. I'm sure that many, many, many people have fallen back to things that they know God delivered them from. But today I'm here and I felt the Lord say, I want you to walk in there spiritually with my candle and with my broom and tell them if they've gone back to the addiction, I'm coming after them. Tell them if they've messed up and they're in the gutter and they're in the muck and the mire, I'm coming after them. Tell them if something's got a hold of them and they feel so dirty and defiled, I'm coming after them and I'm going to sweep them clean and use them for my glory. Everybody give God a praise. I feel God's anointing right now. The anointing breaks yokes. Woo. 
What about you? Do you remember when he found you? Worthless. Maybe your own family had given up, but he never gave up. And he never will give up on you. Stand your feet all over this building. Would you just take a minute? I'm going to be dismissed in a minute, but would you just take a minute and lift your hands toward heaven? Would you just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Because, Lord, I don't know what you saw in me. Just bow your head and all of our campuses bow your head. Such a sweet and strong anointing I feel right now. I know many are watching by television and watching online. The Holy Spirit right there in that room is speaking to you right here in this room. I, I woke up this morning and I felt like the Lord said to me, you're on a mission. You're on a mission because I'm going to light the candle one more time. And I'm going to take the broom one more time. And I'm going to look for my, my treasures. And I want to wash them and I want to cleanse them and I want to forgive them. If you're backslidden, be honest. If you're far from God, be honest. If you feel so dirty on the inside, shame, be honest. Jesus wants to cleanse you. He loves you. He sees your worth and your value. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not right. I know I'm not where I need to be. It's been six months since we've been in church and I don't know what happened. I just strayed like that sheep, but but pastor, I want to get back. I need this. I need what I feel in this room. I feel life in this room and I need more than just the dirtiness on the inside. I was created for greater things. I was made for more than this. Pray for me. If that's you, raise your hand right where you're standing all over this room there in every campus. Keep it high. Hands all over this room. This is amazing. Beautiful. Keep your hand high. Raise them at every campus, wherever God's speaking to you. We can't call people forward. We're going to pray right where you are. There's hands, 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 hands. Amazing. This is your day. Everybody pray this prayer out loud. Say these words. Everybody in the room, everybody at every campus. Lord Jesus, I receive what you did for me. I have seen the candle. I feel the broom sweeping the dirt away. Save me. Change me. Clean me up on the inside. I need more than outward religion. I need Jesus on the inside of me. I need to feel that love again, that, that, that touch again. Would you touch me again today? I receive you as my Lord. I repent. I come home. I receive you as my Savior. And I'm in your pocket. And I'm not going to jump out. I'm in your pocket. Use me. Spin me as you see fit. I trust you.
In God I trust. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord the biggest praise? We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.